Welcome to Make It Count, Living a Legacy Life, where we invest in what matters, God and people. I'm Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com, where you can learn to know and show the heart of God. And that's what counts. Thank you for joining me. Hello, today we're talking about marriage, which can be a grand topic when things are going well and a heartbreaking topic when they're not. My hope is that what we cover will be encouraging and helpful. I'm no expert, but I'm still married, which makes me an expert to some degree. I read a long time ago that our marriages have the opportunity and privilege to display the grace and love of God's relationship with his children. That's you and me. I haven't always taken that opportunity seriously enough, nor have I been a very good display. I have some pretty bad memories of when I was not displaying the graciousness and goodness of God in my marriage. God is merciful and I'm grateful. But that's a good goal to go after and will leave a great legacy for all to see. When engaged, finally at 35, I remember telling my friend Melody, you know what, Mark is a cross between Prince Charming and Jesus. I'm not sure what she said, but eye-rolling was definitely involved. Eye-rolling notwithstanding, we celebrated our 32nd anniversary last month. Praise the Lord. You know, every woman needs to believe their man is the same, a cross between a prince and the king, not a cross to bear. If not, why bother? Marriage is fun. Marriage can be the best. Marriage is what I always wanted. But, but what? Well, marriage is not for sissies. My mom used to say that old age isn't for sissies, but neither is marriage. God delights in a good marriage. His love and glory is displayed in a good marriage. I taste his goodness in my marriage. But I need him just as much married as I did single. No going around it. And you do too. You may not need a date for date night, but we all need to pray regularly for our date for life. Is your marriage a marathon marriage? A marriage is a marathon, not a 50-yard dash. I believe it now, and I've seen it. How do we keep on keeping on? First, make sure you're in it for the long haul, like my folks. On May 6, 2013, Hyatt and Betty Moore celebrated a marathon, 74 years of marriage. Can you imagine? I'd call that a marathon. Then they went to glory to celebrate their 75th, the best party yet. My grandma made mom's dress. They had maybe $200 between them and enjoyed honeymooning in Colorado Springs. Dad had fallen in love with mom four years earlier and kept after her until she said yes. She told me she had been worried he was not a Christian, just a good man and a churchgoer. You know there's a difference. Something must have convinced her at last, and at the ripe ages of 20 and 22, they began their marathon. Dad, the eternal optimist, knew it would work, and obviously he was right. Were there challenges? You bet. Five kids on an engineer's salary, losing two or three jobs, three major moves, and the normal challenges of illnesses and car repairs and rebellious teens took their toll many times. 
but they would say, God's been faithful through it all. They bickered mildly over nothing until the end. Kind of funny. Will this marriage survive? Well, yes, it did. They were an example of perseverance, faith, and love. Now, perseverance is not my favorite word, but I know it's a godly word. Their commitment to each other turned out to be our best inheritance, and we are thankful. It's truly a great legacy. I want to be a great example, and I want my kids to be thankful as well when they watch their mom and dad. Now, what helps us stay in the marriage race? Here are some don'ts to keep us in the race. Now, I know don'ts and shoulds and negativity are not very popular, but there's certain things that we ought not to do. And here are 10. Don't hold a grudge. Don't compare him to other men. That's so painful for a man. Don't play Holy Spirit. Oh my. I remember Mark challenging me once. This isn't probably in the first five years of marriage when he said, are you trying to be my Holy Spirit? And I thought, well, uh, yes, I am. And I'm so good at it. And I kind of said that uh, with a chuckle, but I got what he was saying. I was doing the Holy Spirit's job and that job's been taken. So number three is don't play Holy Spirit. Four, don't sweat the small stuff. Five, don't make your husband a project. Six, don't stop thanking God for him. Seven, don't close your ears or your mind. Eight, don't forget to walk in his shoes. Nine, don't stop affirming him out loud. It doesn't help if you brag on him when he's not in the room. It really helps him when you brag on him when he is within hearing distance. And ten, don't long for greener grass. Just keep yours watered. My friend Brittany said that, and I thought, wow, that is so smart. What would you add? A marathon is a very long ways. We need all the help we can get. Now, here's the same list, and for those of you who like to think positively, it's the converse of all those don'ts. Number one, do forgive quickly. Two, do believe the best of him. That's in 1 Corinthians 13. Love believes all things. Sometimes I remember just saying to Mark very gently when I've been hurt, you know, I know you didn't meant to hurt me, mean to hurt me, but this is how I feel. And that just made him not be on the defensive. It was so smart. I wish I would do it more often. Three, do pray for God to work. Four, do trust in the longer view. Five, do make yourself a project. Six, do praise God for him. Seven, do listen well and often. Eight, do try to see things from his side. Nine, do build him up with glowing words. And ten, do water your grass. The long haul is worth it, bringing joy to God, our kids, and to each other. Now for a touchy subject, the subject of sex, which was something my mother didn't talk about much in her generation. In fact, we weren't allowed to say the word sex, nor the word pregnant, if you can imagine, which can often go together, as you know. In fact, it went together at least five times for my parents. Our Bible study leader asked some challenging questions. Who or what is your number one ministry? And are you attending to that number one ministry? For believers, God comes first, she was saying, but she reminded us 
that we who are married have our number one ministry staring us in the face over morning coffee on a regular basis, even if our faces aren't yet washed. I'm afraid I don't view my husband as number one often enough. Instead, I fondly think of my man in plaid as my number one fan or my number one support. Mark is also my number one car maintenance man. He's my number one vacation planner and my number one house remodeler. Oh, and overall, my number one meter of all my needs. Goodness, he must be exhausted. But that doesn't mean he's not interested in one of the primary ways I can show him he's number one. Sex. Teaching from the classic passage in 1 Corinthians 6 about our bodies, our teacher went on to say, since your bodies are not your own. Really? Not our own? That's what we're told every day in the news. That goes for men too, of course, but she was talking to women and we were riveted. Or at least we were smart enough to keep looking at the woman next to us. As we heard, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 in the New Living. You can look it up for yourself. It really does say that. Sex is good. And it's one way we can both esteem our spouse and honor God. We might easily place sex on the back burner after the initial sparks have flamed out. But we can't forget what Paul went on to say in 1 Corinthians 7, 3, and 4. The husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs. See, he has a job too. And the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. The wife gives authority over her body to her husband. And the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. See, it is a mutual responsibility and privilege. You may see intimacy with your spouse as troublesome rather than good, especially if you've had a stressful week. You're exhausted and romance in the bedroom or on the kitchen floor is the last thing on your mind. But my friend challenged us, if you're too tired for sex, what are you saying yes to instead of attending to your number one ministry? Kind of a touchy subject, no pun intended. But a very good question, don't you think? We know from 1 Corinthians 6 that God values our bodies. If we're married, part of honoring him with our bodies is having sex with our spouses. And sex is good for us besides. Rachel Van Hook wrote this, Having a good, healthy sex life is important. When your man comes to mind, can you look beyond yourself and your needs? Are you your husband's number one fan? Does he know? You might assume he knows, but maybe he doesn't. List how you can see your man right now and then consider these ideas. Maybe get up from what you're doing when he walks in the door and greet him like you used to. Make his favorite dish for dinner. If mine involves cheese and potatoes, I've got it made. Stop complaining, whining, directing traffic, literally. Trying to change him, all that rigmarole. And praise God for your man, just the way he is. Then tell him that you just praise God for him. When I did that once recently, I could just see this big grin come over Mark's face. Tell him three things you appreciate about him. 
Gratitude not expressed really isn't gratitude. And some of that expression lands best between the sheets. Don't tell mom. Send your kids to the neighbors or your in-laws and do what comes naturally, which brings us back to sex. An older, wiser woman related this very convicting story. When the younger gals were sad about being single, she said, I would pray with them and comfort them and direct them to God. Then, when they got married, and they got sad and disenchanted and too tired for sex, I would pray with them and comfort them and direct them to God. That's the answer. Direct your heart to God, and He will remind you who your number one ministry is and empower you to make it so. Let's pray. Lord God, thanks for the high price that you paid for me. And thanks for Paul's straight words from your heart. I am not my own. I'm yours. Thank you for my husband. May he know how valued he is, not just by you, but by me. And thanks for the good gift of sex. Amen. Have a wonderful day and night. Thank you. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.